welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. I'm your host, Mike Moody. The AgCast microphone has traveled to Auburn, Alabama to the Mary Olive Thomas Demonstration Forest. And we've got our good friend, Adam Maggart, who is the Associate Professor and Forestry Extension Specialist. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me on. It's so good to have you, uh, and it's just we just thought it would be a much better location to come out here to the demonstration forest and kind of be in the in the forest as we spoke about the forest industry and the forestry market today. So, to begin with, just give us an overview. What you know, you your job is to kind of look into the future or look at the forest industry. What what are you seeing going on out there this year? Yeah, well, I don't have a magic eight ball, so I can't really predict the future. But we try to keep up with trends and kind of follow the markets and look at what's going on. And some of the things I pay close attention to are are things like capital investments coming into the state uh, towards the forest industry and what those are going to be used for. Uh, We definitely keep up with the housing market and things that are going on there and what we're seeing in terms of trends and differences and similarities of what we've seen in past economic downturns when we, you know, related to the housing market and how things have played out. Uh, We also look at, you know, what we're looking at in terms of, uh, you know, demand on our timber products going forward and kind of piece that all together to, you know, kind of get a snapshot of where where we are as an industry in terms of our timber markets and then kind of have an idea of, you know, where this could go in the future. We're so thankful that we have folks in extension like yourself that are kind of looking out for the landowners and looking out for the forest itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are some of the uh, the trends that you are seeing for forest products? Yeah, so I, I know most of the landowners are probably aware stumpage values haven't been real favorable for a while now, uh, and that, you know, hasn't changed in a long time. But what some bright spots we are seeing going forward, we st- we're still seeing a lot of capital investments coming into the state. Uh, the region as a whole for that matter. Uh, And a lot of this is going towards improving capacity in the mills. So they're they're increasing their efficiency, but they're also increasing the amount of wood uh, those mills can produce. Uh, And that's definitely something that's beneficial where we're standing, especially with our supply of timber in the state of Alabama. So that's a good thing. We're seeing a lot of that. It's very active still. I think over the last decade, uh, or so we've had we've surpassed now about seven million dollars in capital investments in the state of Alabama going directly towards things like new mills, uh, mill improvements, uh, you know, kind of updating with technology and improving that capacity. Uh, and, and that hasn't really slowed down. We saw a little dip during COVID in 2020 and uh, uh, 2021. But since then, it, it's bounced right back and we're starting to see that activity again. Uh, so that's a good thing. They're improving those capacities. They're opening, you know, new mills uh, have been, uh, sawmills have been opened in the state, and we expect that to continue. Uh, and some other things we're looking at, you know, the housing market's always, uh, you know, inter- interesting to say the least. Uh, and we're, we've seen uh, recently, you know, kind of that uprise in mortgage rates over the last half year or so, uh, and at, or over the year, last year or so. And we that's kind of slowed things down, almost slowed things down overnight from where we were. If you remember back during the COVID years, 2020, 2021, the housing market was just about as hot as I've ever seen it. Uh, and a lot of that was driven from 
very low mortgage rates. We're talking, you know, even some under 3%. Uh, and those mortgage rates heights really slowed down. The, the affordability of homes really rose and that kind of cooled things off. But we think going forward that that's something that we think will bounce back this year. Uh, it seems like once those mortgage rates come down, uh, it's everything's indicative of a, a quick bounce back in that market, and that'll definitely help things too on the demand side. Well, you were saying that uh, you know there's a lot more capital investment coming in. Uh, it, why, just opinion-wise, why do you think we are getting more investments? Well, I think it's this you know it's going towards the resource. I think we have a plentiful resource here of, of timber and, and forest land uh, that's producing timber for forest products. Uh, and I think those investments are going uh, to those areas. And Alabama, fortunately, one thing about what we have in our forest industries, we have a lot of wood and uh, we have that resource and it's attractive to those investors. And, you know, spending that money and those capital investments uh, in their company to come here to that resource. Um, well, you, you were talking about stumpage price, and I know that the economy has just really hit everybody. Uh, uh, are there things that uh, forced landowners can do to try to – I know you cannot control the economy, but are there things that, that, that forced landowners can do to try to mitigate some of the impact of that? Well, I mean, I, I always talk to landowners. Uh, there's, you know, I, I'm definitely not a proponent of, you know, getting away from the timber industry side, especially if it's stuff landowners are doing. I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, staying and keeping what they're doing, uh, you know, with their management. But there are opportunities on the horizon, I think, that can help in terms of, uh, you know, possibly new markets down the road. Uh, you know, we're always looking to generate new market opportunities for forest products in the state. There's a couple opportunities uh, that are that are relatively new to our area that, you know, have some very good potential in terms of multiple benefits and market opportunities. One of those mass timber we talked about uh, before, I believe, and, and CLT uh, and, and, you know, the what it can do in terms of, uh, you know, the demand on, uh, uh, you know, saw logs and, and stumpage values down the road. Uh, but also the potential for new products. There's one that we I've spoken about a couple of times, and and it's I'd say it's relatively it's a little bit off uh, in terms of actually making a you know having a strong market and impact because there's a little bit more we need to know about it. But it has so much potential and opportunities. Biochar. Bio Tell us about that. Yeah, biochar is essentially you're producing uh, coal, your charcoal, right, from woody biomass and uh what it it has opportunity kind of two-sided in terms of landowner benefits one being an a market opportunity for uh wood products whether that's from you know leftover woody debris from a timber harvest on a landowner site or from damaged timber from storm damage or you know hurricane damage uh, and so forth that kind of what we call ends up going kind of waste wood, right? It's not marketable anymore. It doesn't have much use in the market. Uh, this is a potential down the road to find a use for stuff like that. Uh, and essentially uh, as a soil amendment. So you can buy biochar. Biochar is nothing new necessarily. You can buy biochar at Lowe's or Home Depot by the bag for gardening. Uh, but what it, it hasn't really made its waves you know, kind of in our area yet, it's kind of started out west with a lot of the wildfires and the damage they've seen from their forest. They're looking for ways to, you know, kind of 
do stuff with that wood that's been uh, impacted. Uh, and biochar is something they've been looking at quite a bit out there. And it's shown favorable results as a soil amendment in terms of improving water holding capacity and water availability and nutrient availability to, uh, you know, croplands. Uh, and there's just not been a lot of research done on it in terms of it being a soil amendment on forest lands in our area. So mm -hmm. in, in our region, based on our soils and based on, you know, southern yellow pine and how it responds. So there are some research opportunities coming up on that and that we're looking at but there's on the flip side of that not just being a soil amendment and something that could benefit uh you know your forest health and your growth and your yield but also a market opportunity for landowners to you know use some of that leftover slash and debris uh, from a timber harvest or management uh, that they're doing on their property to uh, then kind of turn and uh, sell that Mm -hmm. as a new market opportunity uh, and i think that's a little ways out because we still need to do you know answer some of those questions you're saying maybe our trees in this area are not conducive to biochar no no, no. i think they I, we think they are uh, we just don't have the literature and don't have the research and effort on it to show how much you know mm -hmm. how much a response and yield it could bring how much do you have to apply to the soil to get that response uh you know how much is it going to mm -hmm. take and right now it's not necessarily uh, the best thing in terms of feasibility either. So there's a lot on the economic side that has to be worked out to improve the efficiency of it and the, the kind of the economics behind it, the financial side of it, uh, to make it really uh, you know beneficial going down the road. But those are things we're looking at. It has so much potential in terms of soil health uh, and, and you know and crop yields, but it also uh, has a lot of potential in terms of market opportunities on the landowner side uh, using it uh, you know to uh, there's already research that's out there that's shown that it responds well to crops uh, you know row crops being applied to it as a soil amendment uh, we just need to look a little further into uh, you know what those parameters are and the response we get on the tree side well, uh, and the same with the nursery it could be used as a nursery and you know it's kind of a substitute for peat or uh, you know some medium like that in terms of improving uh, seedling health. We'd be looking forward to any any additional avenues that landowners can, can find a revenue stream or yeah. use for like fallen and damaged trees that, that are on their property. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that's what's really brought uh, a lot of interest here, not just from the landowner side, but from you know researchers and folks in the industry in general is just the opportunities it brings you know what are we going to do when we have a hurricane you know we all aware of what happened in hurricane michael uh, a few years ago and you know all that wood that's down there what what's an opportunity to use that wood and still have a marketable outlet for it and i think it brings a lot of potential there so people are excited about that uh, but there's still a lot we have to figure out with it first it's mm -hmm. just not going to happen overnight uh, we have to, you know, get down and really understand it and, and what's going to make it, you know, work the best. All right, let's take a break from our conversation with Adam Maggard and talk to one of our good friends from Alabama Ag Credit. Keith McKinley is in the studio with us, and Keith has just been named the Chief Relationship Officer or Chief Lender for Alabama Ag Credit. Keith, tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the loan products that are available for timber and forestry. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Yeah, my name's Keith McKinley. Obviously, took over the Chief Relationship Officer job in uh, January 1st. Prior to taking over the position, I served as the Vice President Relationship Manager 
in our Gulf Coast office, which is in Spanish Fork. And prior to that, I served as a relationship manager in Monroeville, where I still live today with my wife and three kids. As for as for the timber industry, uh, you know, it's the second largest commodity in the state of Alabama, but it's the number one commodity within our portfolio. And with that, we serve everything from a recreational timber track to an investment timber track to uh, logging operations, even sawmills. And so we can offer products and services to fit both the long-term or short-term goals that you may have, and also offer flexible repayment plans uh, depending on what product you so choose. Well, thanks for that recap and some information about you. Uh, If our listeners wanted more, what could they do? They can always visit our website to find their local branch or send us a message to have a lender reach out or come to them or give us, just give us a call. Our website is alabamaagcredit.com. Our main number is 1-800-579-5471. All right. We'll put some contact information in our show notes. So thanks so much, Keith. What are some of the things that you're kind of excited about that you're that you're looking at? Yeah, we're looking at uh, you know a couple of things. One is biochar. Uh, we have some things we're definitely planning to look at with biochar in terms of you know what's the on the feasibility side and the economic side, which is kind of what my focus is is you know looking at how you know if if this is something that's going to work out how how do we make it feasible you know do, do we produce the biochar on site you know with portable uh, machines? Do we take all the woods to a central location and produce it there? What's, from an economic standpoint, going to be the best uh, in, in regard to that, not just on the application side? So mm-hmm. I think it's a bigger picture. It, it seems so simple because we're talking about uh, essentially you know, charcoal from woody biomass, but at the same time, there's so many moving parts to it that yeah, we still it has have to be to, processed. Yeah, it has to be processed. It has to be, you know, we have to do studies on, uh, you know, how it responds to soil and what types of soil best and how it can be produced the most efficient way and, you know, how long it takes and how much woody debris is going to produce X amount of biochar and, you know, different types of woody debris. Not all biochar is the same. So, you know, biochar from, you know, you know peanut holes to, um, uh, to woody debris is completely different in terms of the benefits it can provide and the carbon concentration and so forth. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts to it. Not all charcoal is the same. So uh, any other Yeah, and, and uh, you know, uh, I'm sure the listeners have heard of the climate smart forestry uh, terminology that's being used, especially the USDA and some across the, the region. Uh, we're doing a lot with that. A lot of that's driven kind of where biochar is getting its interest from and the carbon markets, you know, and kind of the, uh, for lack of a better term, the carbon movement, but the, the environmental factors and the benefits of that. And uh, we're doing research with climate smart forestry. We're doing research uh, in terms of more more along the lines of education, so to speak, and extension, uh, just helping landowners and industry folks, professionals understand what it really means. And it's not really different than what we've already been doing in terms of sustainably managing our forest. It's just, you know, the terminology that's involved and the benefits that come from that and the understanding of it. As we close, uh, what what are some things that uh, that you see in Alabama that are kind of exciting you about the forest industry? Yeah, so I, like I said, I think there's a, going forward, I think we're in a great spot, you know, looking especially around our region. I, I think we're in prime situation in terms of our forest resources. Uh, you know, to, when, when things kind of turn around on the economic side, I think we'll be right there ready to go. Uh, there's, I think that's why there's a lot of attention being drawn 
drawn capital investments coming into our state because of it, because uh, we have the resource available. I don't see the demand for forest products going away. I think that's going to continue to increase. So I think the demand's going to be there. Like I said, there's going to be these new market opportunities of mass timber, you know, new products on the horizon like biochar. Uh, we have our pellet industry, you know, that's still improve, increasing across the region and in the state. So I think there's, a, you know, as much as we talk about, you know, things going away like printing press and writing paper and things that are impacting, you know, kind of the pulpwood side of things, uh, we're just as much seeing, you know, in gains in terms of demand uh, and, and kind of pulling from that in different angles. So mm -hmm. I think the mills are transitioning to produce different products uh, in that regard. Uh, you know, container board and packaging, you know, going forward is going to be a big thing. That's not going to slow down the Amazon effect, so to speak, with boxes. So I think there's a bright future in the forest industry. And, you know, I think it's just uh, we have the resource there going forward. And, uh, you know, I think down the road, it's just especially currently in the short run, uh, you know, I think we're primed for the housing market to make a quick turnaround. Uh, once those mortgage rates kind of go down, affordability drops a little bit. I think we'll be able to bounce back up on our feet in that regard. But I, I the, looking down the road, I think the, the demand for forest products is only going to increase. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. Uh, uh, we just we just got to turn this economy around, and everything gets better. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. There's a, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of things to be uh, you know looking for down the road, and I think uh, you know that are interest to both landowners and the industry as a whole, especially us. You know, me as a extension specialist, and a, you know doing some research. There's some intriguing things out there on the horizon. I think as technology improves. Uh, as things become more efficient, we're have more opportunities. Well, uh, Adam, thank you so much for, for coming out here. And uh, what, what you were telling me earlier is we are actually in the city limit of yeah. Auburn, in standing in a 300-acre forest, around 300-acre forest. Uh, that's a demonstration forest and also used as an outdoor classroom. That, so that's is, right. It's we're right in the city limits. 300 acres here. It's a great resource for the students at the university, but us as extension and landowners as well. We hold landowner tours out here and do demonstrations for for folks. So it's definitely a great place. Wonderful. Well, uh, thanks again for being a part of the ACAST. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for Alabama AgCast. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash AgCast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast. Mm -hmm.